0: A tale of two rivals plus one. I'm your host, Todd at FF underscore banterman foster, joined by
1: FF underscore spaceman, uh, Dave Wright. I'm pumped up, I'm still standing on my feet for the round two tonight, boys. Of uh, for talking about QBs and tight ends. I am pumped up and two, Julie Cat Gaffney was a childhood crush of mine from Bangor, Maine, my hometown. I love me, some Julie the Cat Gaffney.
0: She was a backup.
2: Who else might join by? And you got FF underscore walrus. Sean Kennedy, you're elegant as always plus one for our fantasy adventurings. And she was not just the backup. She was the Mark Ingram to the Alvin Kamara. They were both. Equally as viable. She had the hot hand. She had the glove. Nobody's taken down that triple
0: deep. Not nope. Goldberg. Alright. They're both replaceable. They're both replaceable. The Iceland goalie was better. He was. He was a better goalie. He really was. He
2: lost the game.
0: Oh, so like one one shootout is like determines his career? It's messed up. Yes, yes,
2: because one up. shootout is not one shot. One shootout is multiple shots. He failed multiple times. If a kid fails multiple times, you don't just give him a diploma anyway.
0: There are consequences, Todd. The only reason Iceland lost lost that game was coaching. They got out-coached. That's why they lost.
2: They were too distracted by the foxy nurse. We all know that's what the problem was. It even got to Bombay.
0: That's true. That foxy nurse really did cause some problems. This is a good point. That is an excellent, excellent point. And by the way, I liked how you called yourself eloquent. It was very modest of you. Well, I said elegant, but
1: I'll take either. Sean is trying to pass him off as like a plus one to most weddings, so he's like, "Oh, I want. I need. You know, I need to get out there a little more. I, I could be anybody's plus one. I want some. Uh, capitalize on some cocktail hour appetizers. <laughs> Sean, I like what you're throwing out.
0: I mean, I mean, go, throw yourself out as a plus one on a podcast to probably get you invited on to more podcasts and makes you more, a little bit more invitable. You know what I mean? It's gonna be a busy summer. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, Dave, do you want to actually uh, tell the people about like where they could um, make some donations to the Scott Fishbowl?
1: Yeah. So, the Scott Fishbowl is a great event. I think everyone who's listening to this knows what Scott Fishbowl. But I'm I've been helping out with the the SFB Potathon hosted by Sal Leto, and at Tim NFL and I have been working behind the scenes trying to raise some money for sponsorships. Uh, ourselves as a podcast have made a donation to sponsor an hour of the podcast. I'm really excited for that. It's a 24-hour event where the top names in fantasy come on and talk fantasy, talk with Scott Fishbowl, and talk about important charities. It's a great time. Last year, I think I was able to watch 23 of the 24 hours. I think I fell asleep at one point. I was ashamed of myself, but I'm really excited to help out. And we're trying to beat our goal. We raised $6,000 last year, for, or the Potathon, I should say, raised $6,000 last year. This year, we're trying to hit our 10, the 10K mark and help. Uh, fancy cares. So, hit me up on Twitter at ff spaceman if you're interested, or the potathon account, or at tim nfl. Let's let's uh let's all come together as a community and help out with some great charities.
0: I love it. I'm really stoked that we were a sponsor for this, and uh, it's a great reason to give back and something that we all love to do. So it's a win win for everybody. Tonight we are going to be doing Buy low Vets Part Two. So, tonight we're going to focus on QBs and tight ends. So, when we're talking about buy-low vets, again, you know, the criteria is a little bit different. So, when we're looking at a buy-low vet QB versus a buy-low vet tight end, those conversations are different, just face of age. So, guys, what do you guys feel would be, like, criteria for a buy-low veteran QB? Like, like, what are you guys looking at when you're looking at buying low a QB? Dave, let's we'll start with you.
1: So for me, for a, a Bylow veteran at QB, the shine has started to wear off. They've had a long resume. They have may have a couple of warts, but they've been consistently undervalued throughout their career. And they're going to be undervalued again in this upcoming season. And it's a great target to help you actually win when it comes to this point scoring season. Right now, we're not in point scoring season. We're in hype season, plant your flag season. But when you draft these quarterbacks... It's going to matter when the points are actually scored and help you win and get to that championship. So that's what I'm talking about.
2: Sean, what about you? I think for me, you know, I low for me really meant who isn't a part of the conversation. Everybody's hyped about the steps Josh Allen might be taking. Daniel Jones is intriguing. Even Drew Locke is getting a lot of play. Gardner Minshew, and I'm sure this is driven pretty much by the jorts, is even a part of the conversation. He's taking up some airtime with that fabulous mustache. But buy low to me meant, who can you kind of slide in there? Who is lacking a narrative at the moment? Who didn't get the flashy upgrades? Who didn't relocate teams? Who is nobody thinking of as everybody thinks about, how do I go get Allen? Or how do I get Phillip Rivers to get the buy low, you know, one season wonder? Or how much do I want to spend on Drew Brees or Tom Brady? You know, who are these sneaky guys that can kind of fall between the cracks that are going to be a little bit lower and cost you less? Sean, I am
1: inspired. I am pumped up. Nothing to do with the, nothing to do with the five ciders and not having dinner yet, and having a salad for lunch. Nothing to do with it. I am ready to go.
0: Did you just cut me off because you're not going to be inspired by me, Dave?
1: Todd, yes. I had to give credit where the plus one is due.
0: <laughs> All right, I like it. That's why you bring a plus one, right? You don't go
2: solo to take a buckshot approach and end up with whatever trash oh, is left over. You bring somebody <laughs> that you know has elegance and grace and is eloquent and modesty
0: and and definitely modest so i'm the most
2: modest one on this podcast
0: okay it's it's a low Did bar it, it, it's a low bar there all right so <laughs> um so like with sean you know the narrative who's not who's left out in that story you know day with the undervalue those are definitely things i look for but for me like one thing that dave says he doesn't simply look at age i look at age because i think that that's what drives like the, the narrative in fantasy, even for the QB position, which is, is absolutely just ridiculous. So just there's just queer ageism all over the fantasy community, and that's definitely something that I look at. And for me, like, I don't really worry about a QB's age until, like, I don't know, like, l- like, late to mid-30s. And then at that point, it really depends on, like, what their production was at that season before or, like, just who that QB is, you know? So, like, those are all things that go in. If- But for me, my driving forces, I definitely look at age. Because I definitely think that there's even a bias there. And I think that QB is the safest position when it comes to aging. So with that said, um, I'm actually going to start us off with my take on my pick. Because I'm very passionate about this one. And it's a guy that I've talked about since we started this podcast. And I'm still talking about it. He's a BC guy. And for some reason, he just still does not get the respect he deserves. Matty Ice, Matt Ryan. Seriously, what is with people in age? The man is not even that old, you know. And it really doesn't really matter with QBs, that like with the aging process to a great degree. And the number one thing about it is, it's the system. It's the most pass-heavy offense system in football. First in attempts last year second in attempts the year before still was top five in completion percentage too so they throw a lot and they connect a lot he's got the weapons in place with Julio Ridley and Gurley and then in 2018 he was still top five in attempts number four in completion percentage and number four in yards so you're just kind of looking at a guy that's just been really piecing together two really good years and for me Matt Ryan is a QB one on a winning team, no problem in super flex or in single QB. And this is the guy that if you're in redraft, this is the guy to sit on and wait on in your draft to go and pick. Why wouldn't you want to go take the guy that people are down on? That's going to literally throw the ball more than anybody else in the NFL. I don't get why people are so low on Matt Ryan. Please someone tell me why I'm wrong. Let's start with Kennedy because he loves to do that.
2: I... Don't have a lot to say here about why you would be wrong. I like Matt Ryan. You can't beat the weapons he has around him. But I think the strongest point that you made there, Todd, and all of that was cost. And if you're in a startup and he's falling, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm sure Dave can plug in with it when he jumps in, is that his ADP is probably pretty low. And, you know, spending up on Jackson, spending up on Mahomes. Probably you can't go wrong there by the talent they've displayed, but these other kind of more fringe guys like Josh Allen, who are still going pretty high because everyone's all about having the cheat code and everyone's buying the narrative that he's going to take this big step forward with Stephon Diggs, costs you something, right? You're taking Josh Allen at the risk of somebody else that you're not getting there in that 6th or 7th round in instead of taking Ryan in the 11th or 12th, to use numbers off the top of my head. And I think you can't go wrong with that. Like you said, he's he's seasoned, he's been around, but he's by no means old as we're seeing Rivers and Breeze and Rodgers and Brady still be around and still be very fantasy relevant. So I think if you're buying him in an already existing league or you're drafting him, he's probably one of the best bang for your buck guys there are. So as much as I'd love to argue with you about this, I don't have a lot to argue with you about this.
0: That's right. All right. Let's go, Dave. What you got for me?
2: Sean,
1: you ask and you shall receive, my friend. So Matt Ryan has had a top 12 let's QB go. season three out of the last four seasons. And then he's had seven total uh top 12 finishes throughout his career. And on top of that, he's at a th- he finished 13th one other time. So he has been consistently a reliable performer from the QB position. And throughout his entire career, He has been inexpensive compared to his production. People want that rushing upside from other players. They just think that Matt Ryan's a little blah. I don't know what it is, but people just don't get into Matt Ryan. There was one season where he was QB5 in Dynasty ADP in May. That was back in 2015. But besides that, he's been QB14 since QB8, QB19, QB11, and QB14 this year in, in ADP. So that just blows my mind. Despite um, finishing at all those seasons as a top twelve performer, and he's been a difference maker in Superflex. He's been a, and he's been a great value to have. I think he's been a, yep. a great guy to target if you're a later round QB kind of guy. So right now he's has he's being taken as a QB fourteen overall. He's my QB thirteen, so I'm not that different with that consensus. But I also will take him a, a round and a half. Earlier than everyone else, so I like him at his ADP, and I love that value. Give me Matt Ryan. It's point. I want points and points scoring season. Matt Ryan will do it. And then also, Atlanta's a dome team with a weak defense and plays a division that's historically yep. had a known for shootouts. I'll happily take him and and bank on that production. Matt Ryan undervalued. I don't. What is he? 35, 30? 30, I Maybe mean, he's 36 this season. I do not care, sir.
0: Give it to me, man. 35. He just turned 35. So, um, his ADP 61. So, you're looking at getting him in late fifth, like early sixth, in a super flex draft. And what Dave just told you is he's consistently had QB1 seasons. He's consistently good. But for some reason, like Dave just said, that he's not even putting him in his top 12, right? You said 13, right?
1: Thirteen, it's just I like some other guys over him.
0: That's fine. And that uh, I think that's kind of proving my point. And I'm not trying to say that you're wrong, but that's still undervaluing him. Like he's literally been a top twelve QB consistently throughout his career. And me, he's top ten all day. Let's play a game.
1: Okay. Let's play let's play a game. Would you rather oh, you're have... gonna tell
0: me who would I rather have? This is the only game you play, Dave. I know that's I love game. that game. If it ain't broke, don't <laughs> fix it. I <laughs> <laughs>
1: Josh or Josh Allen or Matt Ryan?
0: Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan.
1: Okay. So I'm Josh. Al- I can- What the heck?
2: What the roles are reversed? I am
1: shocked. Yeah. Oh my god! I have Josh. Al- oh, what the heck is happening here?
0: Um.
2: All right. Startup. So Dave, Todd, if you like. Josh Allen. You that's what all we're learning here. Dave yeah. thinks that so Josh Dave, Allen is a good quarterback.
0: Dave apparently doesn't have doesn't really care about accurate passers, I guess. Okay. That's cool. Not good not enough. in
1: fantasy, but I'm still below him then consensus. So don't get your don't get your uh, panties in a bunch here, gentlemen. But all right, so here's a question. <laughs> we get there one day, Dave. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. In a startup or let's say in a rookie draft, um Tua goes one oh two, Todd. Let's say you know how you would view Tua, you would take him at one oh two. Would you rather have the one oh two and Tua or Matt mm-hmm. Ryan?
0: Oh, Tua. Okay. okay. If I'm contending, I would probably trade the 102. I could probably trade back and get Matt Ryan and move some pieces around and win, and win next year with, with a better chance in getting Tua and still getting a piece. That's how I'd probably play that. Now, if you're asking me if I'm not a contender and I'm not trying to win my third straight title, um... I would want Tua all day, you know. I'm really, really, really high on Tua going forward, and it's really that's really depending on where you are with your team for me. But if I'm if I have a chance to win, I'm going Matt Ryan over Tua still, absolutely.
2: And Sean, what about you? Um, same. You know, if you've ended up in a point where you own the 102 through some trading, then your team's probably pretty good. And taking you know, moving that back or getting Ryan and maybe even trying to swing some other side pieces in there to really try and maximize that is probably the better bet. Um, but if, you know, one Oh two is your natural pick. I don't think having Ryan there is going to do your team a lot of good.
0: Okay. So I had the one Oh one and I just won the league. So why do you think I was so easy to trade away Joe Burrow? Cause my second quarterback was Matt Ryan. And I did go out and get another TV that we're going to go talk about, you know? So like, to me it was kind of like, I'm that confident in Matt Ryan that it was expendable.
1: So we only really disagree on Josh Allen because, so I'm what we're one spot overall mm-hmm. different on Matt Ryan. So that's, so I, we all I think we all like Matt Ryan. It's just, I think it's between Josh Allen and Matt Ryan then. Yeah. Which is just devastating to me. I'm going to have trouble sleeping tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So
0: if you're possibly thinking of contending in a super flex week, go kick those tires on Matt Ryan. And go see what you can do to get him because the cost is going to be much lower than the gain. So, let's move on to the QB that I traded my 101 for to also get in the trade. Dave, who who do you have on yours?
1: So, I'm a big Matt Stafford fan. I've been for a while now. Um, I actually think he's becoming a little bit of a popular buy low veteran type thing, but we've been talking about him on the podcast since at least February, maybe January. Um, we, are, I'm a, I'm very Easily. high on Matt Stafford. Easily. So, oh Todd, I do remember you were down on him one year when you traded him away, but then you quickly re- recovered and now you're back on back on the on board with us. So, um, welcome to the team again, Todd uh, Foot Flopper. <laughs>
0: I trade him away for value, baby.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I'm not going to fault you there. I just had to make that dig in there real quick. Anyway, so somehow, some way, Matt Stafford has been labeled injury prone. He had problems with injuries. I think he had a broken clavicle early in his career that he rebroke a couple times. But since the first two seasons, he's had eight straight seasons where he's played in all the entire fantasy season, including playoffs. He's, you know, registered all played in all those games. So I don't, and then last year he did get hurt. He had a bag injury. So I do not understand the injury-prone label with Matt Stafford. That is a eight straight seasons of playing all the games. That matters to me. Um, and then, but since Calvin Johnson retired in the, after the twenty fifteen season, Stafford Stafford's ADP has been QB seventeen, QB thirteen, QB thirteen, QB twenty two, and he's QB sixteen um, in DFL DLAF's most recent ADP. But, however, he's finished as QB 10, QB 8. He had that QB 20 in a season that was led by Leclerc Blount on the ground for for the Lions. And then it was the first year that Kenny Galladay was with the team. Marvin Jones was injured, and they trade away Golden Tate. And that was it. So, yeah, he had a QB 20 season. But besides that, he rebounded last year. And he was the QB 2 in points per game before he went down with his back injury, just behind Lamar Jackson. Matthew Stafford is the real deal. And this year, you've got going to the second season with Hawkinson. He's developing more. Marvin Jones should be back. Kenny Galladay is hitting his prime. Oh, Todd, I know you're a big Kenny Galladay fan. And then also DeAndre Swift. And DeAndre Swift is back. And he is a great receiving option and a running option. I love what this offense looks like. He's my QB 12, and I'm 21 in spots ahead of him, according to his ADP. And I love it. Give me Matthew Stafford. I think he's going around uh, QB 16 overall.
0: Love me some Matthew Stafford. Sean, what are your thoughts on the Georgia product?
2: Yeah, I think he's great. I'm, looking it up, it shocks me that he's only 31. It feels like he has been around forever. And just to follow up and piggyback on Dave's injury-prone take, because I think that's spot on, I was at a party last weekend, and somebody said the same thing to me. We are just talking about the NFL. We are talking about quarterbacks, moving around, what that's like. And I mentioned Stafford is like he could be one of the next guys to really command big money to go to a different team whenever his contract's up. Somebody's like, no, nah, nobody's going to pay for him because he's always hurt. And, you know, Dave already mentioned the stats, so they're not worth rehashing that he's not. That's not the way it goes. And it's worth noting that, like, yeah, he did miss those games last year off a back injury that he sustained the year before. So he had some injuries. He got hurt last year, and he got hurt 10 years ago. But the kid is tough as nails. He's playing through a broken back for two seasons until it finally becomes enough. Like He's, he's a warrior. He's not injury-prone. It was one season last year and two seasons 10 years ago. Sean,
1: when you say that, man, I, if I had as many ciders I've had tonight and I was at that party, those them's fighting words matt Ron, matt stafford's injury prone get the get dtfo god
2: it was great i mean this they weren't you know particularly informed people so <laughs> would you looks, shout
0: an acronym at somebody to fight them you wouldn't just swear
2: <laughs> imagine dave's using the acronym because he's already in full sprint towards them like his words to ground cover ratio is was, so high he's kind of shout yeah out the time.
1: <laughs> yeah you think you have something to say to me well at me on twitter that's what i'm talking
2: about baby Mm. (laughs) Tweet me, son.
0: That's amazing. But yeah, Uh, I think
2: think Stafford's great, and I think he is overlooked at the moment. I think he won't be as he starts to come back into the conversation. And, you know, the Swift versus Johnson carry rate kind of starts to get figured out, and everybody realizes that whether it is Swift, whether it is Johnson handling the majority of the – Responsibilities there, we can agree that Swift is probably going to get most of the passing work, and that is just going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And that's just gangbusters for Stafford. Dave already said Hawkinson year two. Obviously, Galladay is great. I'm big on Marvin Jones. Him coming back is going to be huge for Stafford. Kind of the sky's the limit here for this offense that has a lot to prove and a coach who might not have a job if this doesn't go well.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, I think the the thing that really I agreed with all your points and the part that I was going to get into, Sean kind of just started preferencing. It's the fact that the coaches really got to go for it this year. So the best chance they have is that they just got to be, they got to be aggressive in that offense. Then they got to go out there and just try to win some games. And I mean, wow, that sounded so John Madden to me. So my whole point is that like, they're going to be a little bit more aggressive, I think with their offense and they got the weapons around them to do it. And Stafford's not injury prone. That's exactly the argument. And That's the reason why he's starting to become a hot take is that people are like, why is this the narrative? Like people are finally starting to question why people are thinking this way about Matt Stafford with the injuries. So absolutely. He was on my buy low list. I just feel like I don't think that Stafford had the ceiling to Matt Ryan, but Matt Stafford was probably like my second or third choice for this list. And to answer Dave's question to me, trading Matt Stafford, in that trade, I got back Mike Mike Evans and Travis Kelsey. So, yeah, I'm fine with that trade. And then I traded back for him from that manager. So, stay off me, Dave. I always believed, but I couldn't pass up on those two studs. So, love the Stafford pick all day. Definitely kick those tires. I would say if you want to go target Stafford, i do it now. Because he's definitely a hot take for a buy low right now. And as the season gets closer, I think that his value is going to start to go up a little bit more. His-
1: great late, late, late round QB in fantasy. I know we usually like to have our rushing quarterback upside, yep. but he's a great target in redraft. Oh, gosh.
0: Bet, yep, I would say that the two guys we just talked about are. And I actually think the next guy we're going to talk about is another good late QB round Q, uh, QB. So, uh, Sean, who was your who was your guy for uh, a buy will for, for QBs?
2: Yeah, I had Kirk Cousins right there. Um, Now, up front, I am lower on him than I am on the other two that we just talked about, but I still think in terms of a buy low, Captain Kirk is just a great value. I was actually shopping around and doing some ranking viewing today and saw some for Dynasty where he's going behind Minshew, and I feel like that's just driven mostly on age. And it seems like for a guy who finished in the top 10 for QB efficiency last year, Pretty much across the board he's not really getting the respect that's owed there and a lot of that just feels narrative driven by the Minnesota system right they're all about run first and they fired their offensive coordinator two years ago midseason while having a winning season just to reinforce it's Dalvin cook it's Dalvin cook it's Dalvin cook we're running the ball we're having a good defense that's how we win and on the surface That doesn't seem like it's going to be great or produce a particularly viable situation for a fantasy quarterback. But in the case of Kirk Cousins and in the case of Minnesota, it is. He's checking in as one of the more efficient quarterbacks. It's great for fantasy finishes for him. He is in usually the top 10 in most passing metrics. And even once that offensive philosophy shifted in 2018, he got better. He targets the field more efficiently as defenses have to account for their players in different ways. And I think if this was a team that wanted to get away from him and relying on him to pass the ball, they traded Diggs. They wouldn't have brought in Justin Jefferson. They wouldn't have spent that first-round capital on a receiver of that pedigree. It just wouldn't have made sense. They would have, you know, they brought in Tajay Sharp in the offseason for, like, nothing. They would have just probably continued to buy up cheap vets just to say, okay, these are the bodies that we're rolling out here. And it's really just going to be Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith and Dalvin Cook out of the background. But that's not the case. They spent it. They want to just replace Diggs and copy last year's success. And last year's success for the Vikings means last year's success for Kirk Cousins. And I think you can probably get him cheaper than these other two. You know, he doesn't have the same historic numbers that Matt Ryan has put up. He hasn't had the great seasons that Matt Stafford has had. He's not been in the conversation for very long because he was trapped in Washington for so long. And I think that in terms of buy low, you'd probably get him for the cheapest out of these three for a reason because he's not going to be a potential for a top five, top six finish like these other two are, but he could very easily be QB 10 on the year, QB 11, QB 9. You know, I think there's a lot to be had right there, and that's a pretty... Fluid position ranking from QBs nine to about thirteen, and Kirk Cousins can really carve himself an area there, and he's only thirty-one. So even if you get him this year, you know you're buying in, you're buying low. He can produce for you if you're in a super flex or a two QB league. He's perfect as your QB two, and if you're in a situation where he's your only starting QB, and you probably have some work to do rounding out the rest of your team, but he's not going to be a weak spot for you
0: so what we're talking about right now is ryan was about in the dlf rankings ryan was qb 15 Stafford's the qb 16 and cousins the qb 17 right so we're pretty much like all right in that high mid r qb2 range where we believe these guys all have qb1 potential which is exactly what you're looking for in a buy low in a qb and especially in a qb1 situation and super flex for your qb2 you want your QB2 to have that upside to be able to outperform what you're looking for them to do in that QB2 position. So the only thing I disagree with you on, Sean, is I actually think that Matt Ryan could have a lower have a lower price in a trade. Just off of age, man, I'm telling you, it's just crazy how people are just so, like, over the top about age. 35 is like some crazy dagger in somebody's eyes when it comes to, like, professional athletes and age and like with QBs it doesn't matter to that degree. So I would definitely say that if I were looking for value I would pretty much go Ryan Stafford Cousins but so like for me Cousins is only 31 and some people might kind of hold on to that like oh he could be like a viable QB until he hits that mid-30s cliff that really doesn't exist in my mind. So that's the only difference I have otherwise. I do think that Cousins is, out of these three guys, the biggest afterthought of the conversation. Like, if you're looking for a guy that's not in the narrative, out of these three, Cousins is the guy. And Cousins is a very good QB, too. And he is a guy that you could be like... He'd be like, if you're waiting on your late-round QB, you missed out on the guys you thought were going to be there, Cousins is absolutely the perfect emergency plan. And he does have the possibility of finishing as a low QB one. So I like that take a lot, um, Dave. Do you have any thoughts on Cousins? Yeah.
1: So when Todd says that, I know Todd's the Matt Ryan owner here, and he says that people might want Kirk Cousins in a trade over Matt Ryan. That's like me rewatching the Last Dance and Jordan saying twenty-five times of, "Oh, they insert and they insulted me personally. It became personal." So I think he Todd's making that up and that's
0: <laughs> not i'm not i i i i can't believe the ageism i'm seeing on twitter with fantasy it drives me insane man i am so hung up on it i refuse to let it go people are stupid about age and fantasy i'm just gonna flat out say it and that four years is a difference in a lot of weeks am i saying that that sean's wrong no i'm not I'm saying that you could get Matt Ryan in some weeks cheaper because people are that dumb just to focus on age. So
1: he's going as QB twenty in DLS May ADP. Um, I have him ranked as QB seventeen or maybe possibly higher if I, depending on my roster construction because he falls in the, a fifth tier of wide or QBs for me with Daniel Jones and Justin Herbert. I think that's where they all. I have them all ranked in the same range. But if I'm a win now team, I'll take Cousins over them. But if I'm a I like a if I'm not necessarily ready to compete right away, I'll take Daniel Jones or Justin Herbert over him. But the point is, is that Kirk Cousins has been criminally undervalued his whole career, like Sean said, since he was in Washington. Um, but when he ke- became a starter in 2015, he fi- he's finished as QB eight, QB four, QB six, and QB nine in 2019, despite only throwing the ball the throwing the ball 444 times. That is insane to me. Um, I expect those numbers to his past attempts to increase next year. I don't think that that defense is going to be as efficient and as productive. So in an offense led by Adam Thielen, who I hope is healthy, and a very priority Justin Jefferson, and a second-year tight end in Irv Smith paired with the veteran Kyle Rudolph and a more improved offensive line. I think that offensive line is going to continue to get better. And then we have Dalvin Cook. I think he's a great value in Dynasty right now. And if I'm competing, I love me some Kirk Cousins. He's, you know, how do you like me now? People do not like that attitude, but I like Kirk Cousins. Give me some Kirk Cousins. He's undervalued. Over Gardner Minshew, heck yeah, I'll take me some Kirk Cousins. Get out of here with the the, the unproven Gardner Minshew.
0: That's, that's just disgusting. Anybody who's putting Gardner Minshew anywhere in the same conversation as any of these three quarterbacks— it, you're just you're you just love the mustache. That's it. There's there's nothing that tells me why Gardner Minshew needs to be considered over these guys. There's absolutely just no narrative. That guy could lose his job in a year. I just don't understand it. That that one drives me nuts. In if the end of
2: the Kirk Cousin narrative, do you think that a lot of it is fueled by him getting the guaranteed contract? So if we dial it back two years, when he got the, the eighty four, I think fully guaranteed. What a big deal that was that whole offseason. Will it be the Jets? Will it be the Vikings? Who's going to guarantee all the money? Do you think that fueled a lot of this Cousins hate?
0: For him no. to get that
2: and then to come out and be in a run-first offense and to not light it up and no. be a Patrick Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson, highlight reel
0: type? That's what it is. It's the run-heavy offense. And I also think that he also came out and he didn't like become like a top-six QB because of the money. You know what I mean? And that like Vikings fans are quietly very boisterous about their takes. And there was just a lot of, lot of hate getting thrown at cousins just to not be that guy immediately. But I do think that most people are lower on him because of the run heavy offense. That's what I think is where the bias is. And Dave made a great take about the fact that there should be an upward trend in his passing attempts. They can't continue to do what they're doing as an offense and be competitive and win a, and win a Super Bowl. They just can't. You know, they're gonna have to throw the ball more to be competitive. So I I I think it's more about the run being a run heavy offense than the contract. What about you, Dave? You think it's more contract or you think it's more the offense? So
1: that's interesting, Todd, because I think people need to remember that I think Kirk Kirk Cousins got re-upped this year. That was a big deal. I think beforehand, mm-hmm. I understand some of the uncertainty because there was a lot of questions around him, but he got re upped. Things are different yeah. now. I think overall it is has to do with the offense. But people have to realize you have to stop. You can't base your rankings on what happened last year all the time. We need to look forward. What do we think is going to happen in 2020? That's how you lose in fantasy football. If you just keep basing things off what happened in the past, you need to project, not just stay with the status quo. And I think that's people are getting better at that, but that's been a common problem in fantasy for many years now.
0: Yeah, and I, I really also believe, like I said, like I really think that he was getting not the best kind of uh, media attention off like what his performance was for, like, on that more that local level, like. And if you play fantasy, you're looking at local news. You know, Dave has a spreadsheet of local beat writers. Like he's that crazy about that <laughs> yep. stuff. You know what I mean? So like to me, it's like he was not portrayed in a positive light because of the contract. You know, so to me, it's, it, you know, the narrative, that's why he's an afterthought in the conversation, like what Sean's saying, that guy's on the conversation because the media has been pushing him out of that conversation and not really giving him a very positive light on the, what he's been able to do in the field. And it's a run-heavy offense. It's a phenomenal take. I actually love Kirk Cousins as a buy low because he's probably the biggest afterthought out of the three of them. But to me, he's also the youngest, you know, well, oh, actually, no, Stafford's younger. But anyways, he's still pretty young, you know?
2: They're the same age.
0: Yeah. So, are they really? I thought Stafford was a year younger. Whatever, it doesn't matter. So, for me, like, that they're at that age where they're not going to fall off that cliff in a lot of people's minds. So, I'm telling you, people are just dumb about age. That's the only hang-up I have. It drives me nuts. That's, like, my number one, like, you-got-me-fired-up-in-Twitter argument. So, um. I like that. I thought those were all really good QB takes, gentlemen. So, tight end, by lows. So, by low tight end was a, that was an interesting text between us. Um, Sean was saying, like, so, like, what's the age cutoff? And we said something. And Sean's like, that leaves a very shallow pool. And I go, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, guess it, <laughs> I guess it, I guess that's just, like, let's just throw it in as a by low piece. I tried to keep it into, um, So the way that my team set up in our league is, like, I'm obviously a win now team. So like, I'm trying to look for older players because I feel like people are lower on older players, right? So I was looking for older guys. Dave uh, fell into like a similar realm with that, and Sean went with a younger guy who's a buy low. And so like, I think we did something a little different here when it comes to buying vets. So Sean, let's actually start with yours because you were kind of a little bit outside the mold with this one.
1: Here, before we get into Sean here. I had to say something.
0: Oh, David. David, did I say something yeah, that upset so what you? What
1: upset me was is that, Todd, you didn't really hit the thing that Sean doesn't have any cojones, has no stones, and couldn't pick wow. a veteran tight end. That's the real story here. We can talk about 10s all we want. That's the real yes, story
2: here.
0: Actually, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to support that. I actually did think that. I was trying to be nice, but now that it's been thrown, yeah, you kind of were a little balls on that one, buddy. All right,
2: fine. Then you know what? I'm going to pivot off the cuff. Oh. <laughs> I can't wait U-de to hear that. Lally. Ian Thomas is a by low tight end right now. He's waffling.
1: You say he's mentioning his previous tight end, he's waffling.
2: Oh, no, I was going to sum it up quick, but now you're just dragging it out even further. So it was going to be Ian Thomas because he's one of the lowest-rated tight ends in terms of ADP. He's rolling into a situation where he has virtually no competition, where he's shown himself to be a competent starter in the absence of Greg Olson due to injury. Now Greg Olson is totally gone. We have Bridgewater in there now. And the whole narrative around Bridgewater has been, can he go deep? They brought in Robbie Anderson, who only exists deep. So who's his safety valve outside of Christian McCaffrey? Are they going to just keep DJ Moore in close to the line of scrimmage? No. They're going to use him all over the field, as Dave will tell you, as his pants burst. (laughs) So that leaves Ian Thomas to police that, like, 8, 9, 10, 11-yard interval from the line of scrimmage. But we're not going to talk about that because Dave is deciding to be feisty. Who we're going to talk about is one of the only athletes to ever come out of New Hampshire because New Hampshire is just a pit of despair, Ryan Griffin of the New York Jets. And, yes, another Adam Gase guy, Dave. Sean has no –
1: yep, yeah, fantasy succubus. let
2: here,
0: John? Let's go with Ryan Griffin. Let's go.
2: All right. So Griffin is the tight end who is getting very overlooked in the Jets' offense. He's 30 heading into this season. And everyone keeps talking about Chris Herndon. But everyone has been talking about Chris Herndon for two years. And where has he been? He's been suspended. He's been injured. He's barely been on the field. And when he has been able to be on the field, he is mired with competition. And his most current form of competition, competition is Ryan Griffin, who has been serviceable for the Jets last year, serviceable for the Texans prior to that. He's not the flashiest name. He's not the flashiest athlete, but he's sure-handed. He's reliable in the red zone. He's like a poor man's Cameron Brake. And you can probably not even have to buy him. You wouldn't even have to buy him low. You can buy him for free off your waiver wire and stash him. So that is my buy low tight end. You're talking about an offense that isn't as dynamic as it's billed to be. So it's not going to be able to utilize any deep threats that it's going to pretend that it has because it only has Denzel Mims and a handful of nobodies behind him. So there's Ryan Griffin to be the tight end that Chris Herndon can't be that the fantasy football Twitter community is trying to force him to be based on draft pedigree that has never materialized due to drunk driving suspensions, due to consistent injury concerns.
1: Sean, the gig is up, my friend. I can hear Katie in the background putting your ass to get ready to be cooked. I can hear preparing something, my friend. Your Chris Herndon take is trash. Chris Herndon is amazing.
2: End of story. Is he? Is he, Dave? Has that translated to the field at any time throughout his Blamed career? Blame Adam Gase. Yeah, Blamed it has. Adam
0: <laughs> That's why people liked him. He, you're going to blame Adam acid. Gase.
2: Adam Gase is still there. He's still the problem. If you're saying Adam Gase is the only thing standing in Chris Herndon's way... Guess what? He's still there, popping poppers on the sidelines and rolling his eyes around like a Martian. I'm in and Woody Collins. Johnson's
1: DMs. I'm telling him, hey, I will get a Woody Johnson tattoo if you just freaking get Adam
2: Gase out of Woody town. Woody Johnson doesn't know what a DM is. <laughs> Who are you kidding? <laughs> he thinks a DM is some kind of medical problem that he needs to call a Don't Harvard doctor Don't you dare about. speak about our ambassador that way, my friend.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. I, I actually like both guys, just as like, you know, those like depth guys, like this is like this is a tight end two conversation. Like, if you start two tight ends, either these guys are guys you got to roster. But, um, Sean, I like the take, it's a little bit more ballsy Finally. than the guy everybody else. I mean, it, I mean, everybody's been low on like Ian Thomas, so like he's been like that guy for a while, and he's young, so like he should be able to fall into a role pretty well. and. I like both takes, but, like, the fact you did off the cuff with Griffin, I give it respect. And I also think with Hurden, if Hurden finds the field, then Griffin, Griffin's done. But I think the issue is, is, like, Hurden just finding the field. You know? Well, I
2: think what we know about tight ends, too, is that it is an absolute desert. Yeah, if you, exactly. If you're looking at anybody outside of, like, the big four tight ends, it's all just dart throws. Right. So, you know what? If Jason Witten could be the tight end 12 next last year, there's no reason why Ian Thomas couldn't be it this year. There's no reason why Ryan Griffin couldn't.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the thing too. Is like outside of let's be honest, it's not the top four tight ends. It's the top two. After that, that's where I'm cutting. There's the, line.
1: the Mark Andrews and hate from Todd.
0: Nope, nope. I'm not putting Mark Andrews. It, it it's Kittle. Nope, Kittle and Kelsey. That's it. I'm done. That I'm done. I I'm actually trying to actively sell Andrews in my league right now. And I I know who his, what his value is. I'm just not high on it. Sean, Andrews.
1: you are in Todd's I, head.
0: I see. I I definitely see some regression heading that way. I also see some regression with the passing touchdowns Lamar Mark Jackson heading that way. I think that Andrews overperformed. So I think outside of those two studs, those are the only two guys that you know that you're going to get that elite level of production. Andrews has question marks, and everybody else out after that also does too. So – with that said, I agree with you, Sean. I just I'm even I even hold a harder line than you do when it comes to the position. So, I do like the Griffin take. I think in two tight end leagues, he you can get him for absolutely nothing. Um if he's in the two tight end league and he's on your waiver wire, that's a mistake and you should have him on your team. And if you don't have a good third tight end, and you might start multiple tight ends then he's a good guy to go out and look at. I I like that take, Sean, especially off the cuff. So, um, David, you picked a guy that I've been trying to trade for all season and all off season. And the guy's just asking a little too much for him, but I think in other weeks you might be getting a little cheaper. Who was your guy?
1: You know, tight end for me, there's not a lot of stats that really matter for tight ends as far as predicting the future. And, and, it's tough you know analytically besides maybe their 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 speed score it's tough to really tell what matters for tight end so i like to go a little bit out of the ordinary and go by feel i have i don't really have any stats for you with jack doyle here but i feel like i'm in the legend of bag vance and will smith just talking on my ear telling me to go for the hole and you know let go what a movie and time. it's jack doyle baby Philip Rivers has come to town. Philip Rivers has been historical uh, for targeting his tight ends. You know, I mean, I think half a lot of that has to do with the quality of tight ends. But Darius Green was a thing at one time. He loves him some tight ends. And Jack Doyle is there. And, you know, and he's – and Philip Rivers, you know, he, he doesn't necessarily – you know, he's getting older. And Jack Doyle's a nice little intermediate option for him. Give me some Jack Doyle. He's healthy. More importantly, he's cheap. I love me, and I think this offense is going to be a very good offense uh, with T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, and Jonathan Taylor, and Phillip Rivers behind that offensive line. Jack Doyle, Doyle rules. Let's go, baby.
0: Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, the the Rivers the Rivers move definitely helps that. You got the dome. Ebron's gone. I mean, I think that was a big part. Ebron came in and vultured that, had that huge one year. I think Ebron's a good target, too, as a buy low in uh, Pittsburgh right now. Um, but I, I just love what Doyle offers in that offense, especially with Phillip Rivers there. Uh, that's a great one. He probably would have been my choice if it wasn't for the guy that I took. Um, I also think that Doyle should be pretty cheap in a move in, in a dynasty week. Um, if you're in a two tight end league, he is a fantastic second tight end for you. And he should have a route to be a phenomenal red zone target and, in the tight end position, you're not going to find a guy that week in, week out is going to produce for you consistently. And Doyle's going to have some off weeks and he's going to have some big weeks. So, I love that take, Dave. What about you, Sean? Do you like Doyle? Yeah, yeah, I think, you okay. know,
2: Philip Rivers propped up Antonio Gates for probably three years longer than Antonio Gates would have been relevant on any other team because of how great Phillip Rivers is at targeting the tight end position. And Doyle's not the most talented guy, but... You know, he's proven to be reliable when he's on the field. He's got a good catch rate. He runs his routes. He's not the most exciting person, but sometimes you don't need to be to be a tight end. And I think he's going to have a lot of viability in this offense that is searching for its second pass catcher. You know, you have T.Y. He's pretty established there, obviously, but Paris Campbell's coming off that lost season. Dave likes to tote what a lost season means for a rookie year and how that's such a death sentence, unless it applies to Nikhil Harry for some reason. Michael Pittman's coming in, but I know you guys aren't very high on him. There's JTT coming out of the backfield, but there's still a ton that Doyle can carve out there for himself. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, just to reiterate too, the tight end position is such a wash. Like I'm looking at the finishes from last year and separating – Jason Witten again because it's worth repeating because it's so unbelievable at tight end twelve and Cameron Brate at tight end twenty four was twenty points. So you're talking about, you know, eighty yards and a touchdown. Arguably, depending on your league, in our league, that's all it would take. There's no reason why Jack Doyle can't be a tight end one, and you can probably get. I'm him gonna
1: actually stump a little bit here, and I'm gonna say. Trey Burton in two tight end leagues is on waiver wires and the way wow. they have been, I'm look, I have never been a Trey Burton guy and I picked him up in our league tight end premium, very Uber tight end centric league that we're in. However, the way that they're ooing and awing about Trey Burton in Indianapolis and how they used both tight ends in previous years between Ebron and Doyle has me a little bit excited and there is some value I'm not talking. It's gonna be a he's gonna be a tight end one or anything, but as a depth move, I like Trey Burton on top of this. So let's double dip in Indy. That's i just.
0: That's
2: a take. Wow. I, I like
0: him. it. I love. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that Trey Burton is definitely somebody that could bounce back if he's given an opportunity a little bit. Um, all right. So I like Doyle. I like Griffin. I gotta say though, I like my guy the best. Um, but before I get into it. Um. Let me just say that if you are in a one tight end league or a non-premium tight end league or a non a, any one tight end league, just stream the position. Like this should not be a pick. Like I'm not taking a tight end in a one tight end league until last three rounds, unless their name is Kittle or Kelsey. John that, Smith all day, baby.
1: John <laughs> Smith <Yeah>. all day. <gasps>
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, I honestly think John New Smith goes earlier than that because he's that he, he he's, his name's always brought up. I'll just sit there and I think this is a guy that gets forgotten because of guys like John New Smith, who's on the outside of that like young like, tight end hype. Your Andrews, your Fanes, your Hawks, your Goddards, even your Dawson Knox, Jared Cook is going to be a better tight end than all of them in twenty twenty, hands down. And the funny thing is, is he's 33, so he's a little bit older, but he's always in that tight end one conversation. And his two best seasons ever have been his last two seasons. And that's where he finished in the tight end one conversation. He's in a fantastic offense. And the age is something that people are probably going to dip off on. So to me, I think if you're contending and you have a good young tight end, like a Goddard, a Fan, or a Hawk, Pair that tight end with, like, one of your running backs and wide receivers and see if you can upgrade a little bit at that wide receiver or running back and get Cook, you know? Give that team that it's actually looking to get younger to go get a good second tight end that's going to be great now because you know what? You don't really need two great tight ends to be competitive, you know? It's great to have them. I'm not going to deny that. But at the same time, you could easily move one of those guys and be able to slide in Cook at your side in two, and upgrade in more important positions. That's the way that I look at Cook, is you can take him, move a young tight end. Like, I think Fant right now is way overvalued. Way overvalued. <laughs> and I would be absolutely looking to move him and get a guy like Cook if I'm contending and upgrade a wide receiver or tight end.
1: I like that shot. You All just day. took at Kennedy right there with the Fant.
0: And I, and in my other week, I traded for Fant, so I can trade Andrews because I at least have a tight end. That's why I did that, and I shared that trade with you guys. Yeah, he's way too high on Fant. He just talked about a, a wasteland, and then he's trying to tell me that Fant's worth something. Get out of here, Kennedy, with that garbage. I thought you
2: were trying to get Fant for nothing. You were trying to trade me a garbage a receiver end. for yeah. a better receiver, Noah Fant, and a pick. Why would I do that? That That's insane. I would oh have to God. be a crazy you're, you're, person. You're,
0: your, your disrespect to OBJ is just unfounded. Oh my god! I hope you're just. Re- I can't wait for this season. Can't wait for OBJ to light it up and be a wide end. You wanted. You wanted Robert
2: again. Woods, who's consistently finished better than OBJ and has a higher usage rate by his team, plus Noah Fant, plus a second round pick for just OBJ. That's insane.
0: I think it's fine. I think it's a fine trade.
2: Right. That's that's why the trade processed and it went through, and we're both
0: happy with our roster. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to make sure that you understand what you got in Woods, and you do. So I'm happy about that. All right. Yeah, and I think you
2: know, I'm glad to be on the same side of history as Scott Fish. Yeah, there we go. Oh, That's try- just a good place. Whoa, to
0: Whoa, be. whoa! First of all, first of all, Dave well, will back me well. up. Since the day that Woods got drafted, I've been a Woods fan. You've
1: been a, When he was known as Bobby Woods, Todd's been a Bobby, been a Robert Woods fan. So.
0: I have, I have. So you stop pretending like I'm just all of a sudden discovering Robert Woods is good. I've always been. A I'm Robert not saying guy.
2: you're discovering it. I'm saying that. You propping that trade proposition up as if it was in any way adequate is so disingenuous. It can't even be stomached by the casual. In my
0: mind, player. there is one guy in that conversation, one player in that conversation that could be really called a stud, and I would say that yeah, is good. It's OBJ. It's not Robert Woods. Robert wow. Woods is a wide receiver too all day. Is all it? right, he, he it's is OBJ then. O- obj definitely has wide one upside.
2: Gentlemen, well, he had that in the last decade. Now we're in a new decade. I know we were talking. Oh, I'm, the still the me, I'm still in the same decade. I'm still
0: in the same decade. Oh, I know this year has felt like hey, two decades. But let's let's do a bet. Who's gonna have more points, Woods or obj this year? We already did this bet. We
2: did this. We recorded this. We have this bet. If whoever ranks higher, the other person has to write an apology letter to that player and put it on Twitter done locks
0: loaded established okay i need a reminder i'm down with that i'm totally fine with that so, gentlemen gentlemen
1: yeah. one second here todd i'm glad that you finally saw this little uh back and forth with kenny about obj but the real issue is is history is going to look back at some of the greatest failed experiments in mankind um i mean i can't really name any but off the top of my head, but there's been a lot of a lot of big failures. One of them, the square sided wheel. There we go, there we go, Sean. That's up there. One of those was Todd and I co owning a best ball team, and
0: oh my god, that was so it bad. was
1: terrible. I think it was the fantasy aim autism bowl or something that we were involved in, and I didn't help. The Andrew Luck he retired right after we made that pick. Um, it didn't help us how, and we had to like take like four QBs early in a best ball, but regardless we were both we we both high on J- Jared cook and it was a mistake that's all I can remember because he did nothing early on in that season it was it, it destroyed
0: oh well that's the only thing okay if we're talking about Jared cook from a best ball standpoint like that's why he still had nine touchdowns dude like in best ball like he's a guy that if you spend late on in best ball he's going to have like Three or yes, four yes. big weeks with a couple. We were of out questions. of it by then. That's we were what... out of it
1: by then. But I, d- I remember it was a yeah, little too. Yeah, our team late. was
0: garbage. You can't you can't point at Jared Cook as our problem. Our problem was us trying to co-own a team. So <laughs> so that was the problem. Erroneous. Uh, erroneous. To...
1: Jared Cook. It was <laughs> the problem with that team. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's just terrible. Oh my goodness. Um. Uh, but yeah. So anyways, like I I love Cook as as a tight end two and a two tight end league. And I definitely think that you could take a guy that's over overhyped, like a fan, and then put him in, in that trade, try to get cook, and try to get something back in return for it. All day. That's what you do if you're a your contender. If you're not contending, Jared Cook's not a guy to be targeting, obviously. So, gentlemen, any more takes on Cook before we wrap this baby up?
1: Negative. I had a blast. This was a fun this was a lot of fun, Todd. That was uh I really enjoyed the banter tonight.
0: Yeah, I did too, and I, I I'm really enjoying that Kennedy continues to throw shade at OBJ, and I can't wait to just ram this down his throat during the season. It's gonna be a great time. And, dude. I'm gonna really, and you know,
1: Sean doesn't really care, Todd. He, he he's just in your head right now. He I don't even think he's sold on the OBJ thing, but the fact that he's got real estate on you is is fueling him. it's per- reinforcing him.
0: What real estate? That he's just taking an awful claim. There's nothing there. He's just gonna look terrible. Later. We can hear. It. We can hear you it, seem your voice. To spend a we... lot of
2: time worrying about what I think, Todd. Oh
0: God, it's just such a bad take. Such a well, bad take.
2: Robert Woods is also a pretty damn good receiver. So I
0: I, I agree. That. I just think OBJ is significantly better. That's all. That's all. All right, Dave. Tell them where you can find me before I just go off on Sean some more. So you can
1: find me at FF underscore spaceman. I'm running for DFF Dynasty. Uh, and again we mentioned the top of this show and we're and the tail two rivals is sponsoring the SFB Potathon. We're very big into fancy cares and all the charities that it supports um, and and today's uncertain time is please you know just remember treat each other as you would like to tr- have yourself be treated and you know love each other because it matters that's all I'm going to say about this but please you know respect your neighbor and stuff.
0: Well said Dave. I liked it. On that note, Kennedy, where can they go find you for some more terrible takes?
2: Yeah, you can find me for some really fantastic, reality-based, and data-driven <laughs> takes on Twitter at FF underscore Walrus or like Dave running for DFF. Um, and again, just plugging in Scott Fishbowl, giving to charity, helping out. You know, as terrible as pandemic has been, as – upsetting as everything that's been happening lately is and seeing how people are coming together to try and overcome all the adversity that they're facing is encouraging standing by one another helping those that need help is just paramount in these times and whatever you can do to give back is always great so whether it's got fishbowl any other charities you know we have charities that we plug through our fantasy league and i'm sure just some basic research through the fantasy football twitter community you can find anybody that's willing to set you up with a good charity to donate
0: to that's for a good cause well said, Sean. i like it sean all right you can find me at ff underscore banterman. um if you wanted to look for my takes my takes are based off a back-to-back championship over these two guys so we know that you'll be getting some winning advice so on top of that um I also want to echo my co-hosts who are wonderful gentlemen who I give a lot of crap to um, that do indeed look out to find ways to give back in this time. Um, a lot of people are struggling, whether it's due in the pandemic or whether it's doing with all the other things that are going on in, the, in our country. And there's plenty of places to look out for resources and definitely uh, Scott Fish and the Potathon is definitely a good place to achieve that mission to being able to help out society a little bit more. And to all my listeners, I think the one thing that I can leave you with today is allow yourself to be confused and allow yourself to have an open mind and allow yourself to have a decent dialogue with people because that's really what we need to do to be able to improve what things are going on right now. Well said. So, and um, confusion is okay. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to change your mind. Just having the ability to concept that you could do that is actually a big step. So, well with, said. With that said, gentlemen, I had a good time. And uh we'll see you guys next week for wide receivers, where I'm sure Sean and I will continue to argue about OBJ and Woods. Tale of two rivals. Keep answering everybody. The
1: Julie the Cat Gap we disrespect this episode will not Sorry, she's a smoke show. She was a talent. She had. Heart. She
0: didn't get put in until she didn't get put in until one shot in the shootout because she had a it better. It the movie. most
2: important shot. Classic. It was NFL.
0: one shot. It was the one most important. Shot. The one Goldberg, Goldberg shot. in there, nobody would care. Classic one shot. Racism. It was also a terrible Sexism. move. She was called. It was luck. He got lucky with that move. It was terrible. Terrible strategy on him. Goldberg would saved the two.
2: Oh Goldberg would have saved it. It is a mental it. case. Goldberg would not have saved it. Goldberg absolutely would have saved it. Goldberg was he wasn't. was a textbook, textbook, ed, anxiety-driven kid. So the they, of, they got there with him there though between the pipes the whole no, time. They did not. They terrible. had to come up with all these tricky. Averman saying it best, NBA-style plays to overcome their goalie deficiencies where Goldberg is letting them down because they're playing Turks and Caicos, and it's 4-4, four to four and they need to do some kind of alley to Kenny Wu to really punch it home.
0: Turks and Caicos, 4-4. Four
1: four four. I pretty women, sorry, you're disrespecting what Cat Catgap represented as a, she was great, she was what I wanted all women to be, she was, she was, you know, had it all, and then it Right along with the woman from the the, uh, the, the lead star from King, King Arthur's Court, and also the, the the lead actress in Princess Bride, that was what my child was based on. That's what I depicted my ideal wife to be. Oh, Shoot the cat, Captain.
2: Oh. Dave, you bring up an interesting point of <laughs> Princess Bride. What does, like, inner Dave think of Princess Buttercup and then the term to Claire Underwood?
1: Fascinating. Fascinating. Like,
2: did that just destroy your childhood seeing her go from sweet Princess Buttercup to absolute spider to Claire Underwood?
1: Yeah. I'm speechless. With,
2: with some Jenny sprinkled in the middle there. That's
0: Ooh, not, with some that's, Jenny. That can't be overlooked. Yeah, that's and true. China with some Jenny. A Phenomenal universe.
1: actress. I think she's had a great career Um, and she was actually end up being what brought that that drove uh, House of Cards. Her character was
0: Yeah, I actually only got through like uh, halfway of season two. I need to finish that. Alright, I'm stopping this. There's no way we're we're winning all this.